0: Welcome to the Five Tool Firefighter Podcast. My name is Nick Higgins, firefighter and author of the Five Tool Firefighter Book. Each week, we bring you an aspiring message or person to help you become the best version of yourself you could be. This journey is for the long haul, not the short. Now let's start our journey to becoming the best version of ourselves we could be. Welcome back to the Five Tool Firefighter Podcast. In the book, The 5 Tool Firefighter, we talk about five key attributes to become a well-rounded firefighter. One chapter called Fit for Duty talks on recovery, talks on sleep, talks on mindset. Overall wellness is what the what that chapter speaks on. I'm not talking about that today because I have a special guest. I have Christina Dizon, who is a firefighter and a sleep and wellness coach, who's going to talk about it today for me and for all of us because... I'm sure people are tired of hearing me talk about stuff every single week. Christina, welcome to the Five Tool Firefighter.
1: Thank you so much, Nick. I'm super stoked to be here to talk all things sleep and recovery
0: and wellness. Hey, I really appreciate you being on. It was uh, we're in two different coasts, so trying to catch the time zones and catch up everything else has been been a been a game, but it's been fun.
1: I'm glad we I'm glad we finally are sitting down.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so um, where, where are you from by the way? What's-
1: so I was born in Los Angeles County and I moved with my family from California to Washington state when I was 14. So most of my adult life, I say I'm from Washington because that's where I've spent the majority of my life, uh, but I was born in beautiful Southern California. Shout out to all the
0: Californians out there. I miss you. <laughs> hey, I mean, nobody sees this, but I'm wearing a 49ers hat and I'm not even from the West Coast, so, you know.
1: You know, there's, there's a reason why people love living in California and that sunshine that is no joke. We do not get it out here in the Pacific Northwest the way that we need to. Oh man, it's it's rough. It is rough. Finally, spring is breaking. I think, and we have
0: some nice days, but
1: yeah, it hurts. It hurts to live out here. That circadian rhythm suffers.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, we'll definitely get into that. I could only imagine with the uh, the rain and not enough sunlight. Yeah. Vitamin D is probably not as good. I mean, it's like that here too in the, in Jersey. You know, you don't get much throughout the year but when you do you enjoy it so and you better get out there oh yeah i was out there this morning to get my son getting my son in so you got to do it you got to get that son because we're going to talk about why it's important yes you became a firefighter not that long ago is that correct i mean i know we were talking offline for for quite some time before we even got onto this podcast but um how long have you been doing this again
1: yeah that's so right i've been a firefighter for almost three years now welcome to the So community. pretty just basically super fresh, super new, still not jaded or salty.
0: <laughs> still love the job, show up every day with energy and enthusiasm. Hey, that's the best way to be. As long as you're in, you love the job, you're into the job that's all that matters, right?
1: It's so true. it's true.
0: You also do some coaching, some wellness coaching and recovery <laughs> and sleep. Were you doing that prior? to being a, being a firefighter?
1: Yeah, great question. So I became a coach at the precious age of 22, where we know so much about life. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I actually worked as a business coach for a long time. I had my own business. And as other people saw that I was pretty darn successful, I got clients and they basically wanted me to teach them how to build their own businesses. So I did that for the first six or so years of my career and uh, then I got hired at a coaching company. We basically helped college kids uh, decide what they were going to do. not not super unlike an academic advisor, but we were a lot more hands-on. So we I had up to a hundred clients at a time. We spoke to our clients every, Uh, every week, every other week, and uh, basically help them figure out their purpose in life. Uh, So not only creating meaning, but also how to take care of themselves and their, you know, themselves as they're pursuing their academics and what they wanted their career to be. So I did that for another six years and then uh, had some really hard stop health issues actually that, Forced me to really give up everything that I cared about in life: traveling, coaching, my client load. Uh, and I had a solid three years of basically working to pay for treatments. And uh, when I got my health back, was when I took a hard look at my life and just asked, "What do I want to do? Like, I have a second chance at life. What what could this mean for me?" And so, um. At the time, my sisters had found uh, a fire camp in Portland and no one in my family had ever been a firefighter before and uh, they got into it. They joined a little cadet program and they just loved it. So um, cool thing about my family now, we have four of us siblings in the fire service. We all work in, in and around the Pacific Northwest area and Um, and it's, it's really fun, uh, to have a, like a real hashtag fire fam. Um, so it was a long journey getting into the fire service. Uh, I'm older, so I knew that with my health history, even though I was cleared, uh, the impact of, you know, the, all of the different factors with being a firefighter, I knew that I would probably have to spend more time and energy in recovery, um, recovering from shifts, but I didn't really know the degree of it. And so it took a lot of intentionality and experimentation to say, okay, what did I have before, um, both with my health journey and with being a coach that I can apply to the lifestyle of being a firefighter so that I can do this job forever. Um, Because as you know, just around the country, the demand of the job is only climbing with call volume and night runs. And um, that it really has an impact on our health. And so, uh unfortunately to a degree, uh I am in this I'm in this specialty because I I have very strong incentive. I know my health will not survive if I don't full send take care of my health and and do everything I can to preserve that. Um but it's also been cool to see as I've had clients uh for you know basically recovery sleep and wellness seeing how much just a few implemental changes actually can make a massive difference on people's lives and i'm really passionate about you know firefighters are some of the most generous wholehearted caring people and they put themselves on the line every day, uh, which, you know, we're kind of embarrassed by half the time, but it is true. Um, and so I feel so passionate that we should feel great in our personal lives. We should feel amazing. Like, and that there is a gap for a lot of firefighters because of the impacts of the job just really breaks my heart. So I'm a little bit on a mission to help bring awareness to the tools that firefighters have in their toolbox for living their best life both on shift and off shift.
0: So so let's talk about those tools in the toolbox. So what is something you would what kind of advice would you give somebody, give a firefighter about taking care of their sleep when they're off shift? How would they get back the circadian rhythm that you're breaking? so to speak when you're if you're running that type of house
1: yeah so i think mindset is always where i start because you have to take personal responsibility for yourself right like the city isn't changing their policies um the the job is not changing in what we go on and so I think that there's a little bit of resentment with newer older firefighters compared to newer fighter fighters cuz we come in and we're like oh this is the job right like we didn't know anything different so we're not just going on fires we're going on 85% medical calls this is all we know um old, older generation firefighter 10 15 20 years they see the difference that has occurred and how these shifts have happened and um I think that there was the ability to operate like a normal, a normal person off shift, right? Like you could go do all the things, you maybe took a nap when you got home, but it wasn't that big of a deal um, to get one or two calls. Now, four, five, six, seven, eight plus calls after midnight, you cannot expect to operate like a civilian if that's going to be, you know, your job. And that's just hard, cold facts because your body is not built or designed to take that. And so I think that acceptance is a huge part of this, because as long as you don't accept that that's what the reality is, you are just going to keep uh, fighting the, whether it's the, um, resentment that you have because it has to be this way but you don't want it to so you don't live as if, you know, you are the one responsible to take care of your health um or you're just like in ignorance and well it is what it is and you know I I want to live my life and so I'm going to work hard play hard and then your health declines 10 years later um so acceptance and being willing to realize that this is where we are now. And so we have to adapt. And if we're not going to adapt, like it is, it is going to kill us and it is killing firefighters. So that's the first thing I think that propels the ability to be intentional. Um, So once you have that acceptance and once you put on that mindset that you are the one responsible to take care of your health and even further taking care of your health is taking care of your career. You're not going to have a 30-year career at the rates of calls that we're running on operating in the old way. It just isn't going to happen, right? Like, There's too much that links to sleep. There's too much that links to circadian rhythm. Um, And now we're seeing that cardiac cancer and suicide all have direct links to sleep duration and quality. So, if our job lends itself to not sleeping, we have to find a way to get that um what the what the Human Center for Sleep Science says is the the greatest human performance enhancing drug. It is sleep. We have to find a way to get it. Um so after taking that mindset, I think that finding, first of all, protecting your sleep on your off days, that's an easy win. Um, Obviously, when you're a parent, it, you know, changes things up. But that said, kids thrive on routine, right? So I think that that accepting that, okay, we as a family have to operate differently because I have to get my sleep so I can be here for you in the long term. That's really important. So it takes kind of a, a family uh, outlook in this regard. And, you know, kids getting on sleep schedules and routines um, so that the parents can get on sleep schedules and routines. Yeah. That is massively important. Um, and I I've realized it's it's a massive shift if that isn't the way that you've been operating as a family. But it also gives you the ability to educate your kids that their health and wellness is important. And this is one way that we do that. So protecting your sleep at home, having a bedtime routine, blue lights from screens is basically the destroyer of your sleep. There have been studies that show from Stanford and Harvard that show reading for an hour on a screen before bed versus a real book actually can um, cause insomnia and reduce your sleep quality uh, massively. And so uh, not having screens that you're looking at before bed uh having a bedtime routine that allows you to wind down and prep your body for sleep. It's so funny to me uh that firefighters feel like they can just go 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 hard and then all of a sudden just like okay, it's bedtime now. Let's let's crash. Uh the body doesn't operate like that. If you're going to be upregulated uh, and so many of us have so many demands at home as well that we, we're just running nonstop in the day too. The brain doesn't doesn't work like that. You can't just ask it to, okay, time for sleep. Let's like put down our guard, let's uh shut everything out and go to sleep. Because it's had so much stimuli, because it's been, you know, um, it's been hyperactive, we have to give the brain a process to wind down so that it can fall asleep. Um, Our brain is not going to be able to give us what we need for sleep if it feels like we are in danger, if it feels like we have threats, we have to be aware of things going on. So uh, the second thing, like having that wind down routine actually gives tremendous impact on sleep. There are Um, I work with people who have literally tried everything for their sleep, um, but the moment they took out screens and had a bedtime routine, their sleep quality improved a lot. Um, So these these simple little switches actually give a lot of impact. And it's unfortunate because our society isn't set up for human thriving in the sense that you know sir, align being aligned to our circadian rhythm being outside um and so you add all of the lifestyle factors that come with being a firefighter and it's just this massive cluster <laughs> so we really have to um we have to 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 set guidelines for ourselves um so awareness and acceptance uh setting a bedtime routine bed bedtime time and routine when we're at home because that's that's an easy win um the third kind of incentive to protecting your sleep at home is that utilizing a bedtime routine that activates the vagus nerve that brings the body down into rest and digest you start training your body to respond to those cues. So when you pull them on shift at work, and I'm not saying it's overnight, it, it barely even happens in a couple of weeks. We're talking, you know, two months, 90 days. That's really where you'll see the impact of that. Um, you'll start seeing the switches, but with the right technique and the right number of reps, you can train the body to do anything, right? right. So starting at home is is easy easy wins the third thing that you can do i know people are going to be mad at me for saying this but coffee hard stop at noon no coffee afternoon uh the range in the studies widely differs, but uh coffee can have effects up to 12 hours after you drink it, which means if you're drinking it at 2 p.m., when does that hit you? Four. Who, who what firefighter doesn't wake up at 3 or 3:30 3. in the morning, right? And so you have to look at it not from the sense of that, oh, coffee doesn't keep me from falling asleep. Well, actually, it might act it might it disrupts your circadian rhythm and your sleep cycle, so it's not a matter of keeping you from falling asleep, but do you stay asleep? That is a direct link there um so again, when we're talking about easy wins, coffee is it now I understand <laughs> that energy and there's a reason why we feel like we need it and um, you know, I I'm not saying that we're all we're all of our bodies are different, right? So some people will be less affected than other people. Um, but what I'm saying is, if we start creating little stops in our day for coffee, just observe, like take a week and look at how am am i waking up the way i was before if i stop drinking at 4 yes i am okay maybe i need to extend that back and stop drinking coffee after 2 in the afternoon and maybe that makes a difference you know so um but coffee coffee doesn't actually give you more energy it just blocks your body's ability to recognize the fatigue that's why we have the afternoon energy slumps from our coffee (laughs) because all of a sudden, uh, the adenosine wears off and boom, we are, we're exhausted again. Um, so I think that that's also a good thing to, to understand that, um, you're not, the caffeine is not making you better. It's not making you more able to function. It's just blocking your body's ability to perceive that, um, so that means other things have to be in place for energy, which is more, we can talk about energy from the standpoint of like creating energy and, and morning stuff. Um, but coffee, hard stop affects your sleep. Yep. Um,
0: no, I was going to say, so like, yeah, with, with coffee, I, I notice a lot of, I read a lot of this stuff and piggybacking on what you just talked about was also coffee after no coffee after 12 i tend to sometimes drink coffee around probably right now and there are days like i'm not drinking i had one cup today that's all i had and i don't feel like i need any because what i'm actually starting to tell my body to do is when i start feeling that crash i'm actually going to get ice water and i drink water all day but i'm using water Mm -hmm. and i'm using stretching to start giving me an energy boost to cut back on the coffee because we're talking about uh, routines and little kids like routines, our bodies still as adults like routines. And we were talking before having a five month old, you have to build a routine. Mm -hmm. So we're trying to build a sleep routine with her like we did with our son. And he still is in a routine. He loves routine. He's, he thrives in it and we do thrive in regular sleep. I know if I go to sleep at 10 o'clock, As opposed to, I'm going to force myself up to scroll on my phone for another 25 or 30 minutes. I'm not going to have that good sleep. Yes. So, these are things that we have to try to do to try to make ourselves better.
1: It's true. And it's funny because um, I think that a lot of times we... We want to be val we want our struggles to be validated. And so we disregard the simple things because we don't believe that, you know, if the struggle is this complicated, the solution can't be simple. Well, sometimes it actually is <laughs> that simple. Um the the final thing I will say with regards to sleep is a little bit um it's why doctors have no idea what to do with firefighters who have sleep issues. So talking again about the brain, when we are on shift, we are required to be in a mode always ready, right? Response ready mode. And so um we have this uh pressure expectation standard set that when the tones go off, we respond. And while our response uh Intensity, speed, whatever might change based on whatever call we have. Just simply being in that state of, oh, always ready. Oh, listening for tones. Oh, we gotta go. That is literally hypervigilance. And when we are in that mode, several days a week, like we're 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 not meant to. That is that is a a design. Uh element that is for survival, we weren't designed to operate in that for days and days and months and months and years. And so hypervigilance on its own creates all of the same identical issues that sleep debt does. So it's, it's, issue it's like a um insult to injury to our bodies and to our states of being because not only are we not getting sleep which causes the cortisol spike from the metabolic dysfunction and um the you know lower uh lower cancer cell activity we also have this hypervigilance, which causes the sleep issues, which raises cortisol, which increases anxiety. All of these things come from hypervigilance as well. And so what we have to start doing is realizing that our uh, our state of rest and digest or hyper hypervigilance, fight or flight, is actually in our power to turn on and off those switches. However, if you've never um, if you've never heard of this, you you wouldn't, like, how, how would you even, where would you even start, right? So that's why I say addressing the brain and that hypervigilance piece actually is where a lot of firefighters experience the missing link. So they'll go to doctors, doctors will supposedly quote unquote, try everything and then just throw out trazodone. Um, and it's because they're looking from a Simple body hormone standpoint, not the brain. And the brain is literally what we need to wind down to see that we're safe in order to actually get that sleep. And so, um, this is where meditation, this is where a breath work routine, this is where your long static stretch holds, stimulation to the vagus nerve, we want to wind down the brain using several different angles because after years and years and years and years of being in hypervigilance, you actually can get your gears stuck, so to speak. So it's harder to switch from rest and digest um, when you're in that upregulated state. And this isn't, this isn't a bash on anyone. This isn't to say like firefighting, you know, firefighting is a bad job. This is just what it requires of us is not healthy. And so we have to take extra measures that the average person doesn't need to in order to actually um, operate in a state of of wellness because, you know, I, I work two doubles this week, so I'm working four out of seven days and I have been able to recognize, okay, my blood pressure is going up, so I need to do this little two-minute exercise on the way to the call, and that brings everything back down to rest and digest. And creating that, you know, so it's like autonomic flexibility, so to speak, being able to move from fight or flight to rest and digest, that that resiliency is what literally eradicates sleep issues as we practice it. So, um, you know, my clients, I have clients who are from LA city and, uh, they, they made with simple switches, like what we talked about earlier, they made massive switches in their sleep. But when, when they really saw improvement, it was because they started addressing the brain before going to bed and doing those same exercises on shift and off shift, training the body to have that flexibility so that they, you know, imagine if you're on the scene of an mva and you're uh you ask a patient who's been injured okay we're going to take you out of this car we know you're injured go lay down in the middle of this busy roadway one would they would they they probably flip you off uh and two they Probably wouldn't even be able to do that because their brain knows they are not safe. our brain is solely interested in our survival, so if our brain feels like oh, we're in always ready mode, we have to look around for stimuli and for um threats it's it's gonna say "Heck no on laying down and going to sleep because you are upregulated so starting to address that. And that is in every one of us. That's not a weak person. That's not someone who's more sensitive. That is literally our physiology. So doing that completely revolutionizes people's sleep.
0: I actually have on my phone, I have the Breathwork app. So I have different times in a day. I don't do it every day, which I probably, I used to do every single day, no questions asked. I had set up different times in a day for different things, Mm. awake. Do the breathwork to wake up, breathwork to start working. All relaxation. Eleven o'clock every night, I have it where it goes off for um, mind's racing. That's what comes up. Do this mm. one. I do it after I'm. So I really I want to be asleep to see what would happen. So I wait. I give a little bit of time, and when I use it, five ten minutes later, I'm sleeping, and I also. I actually started doing this over the pandemic. I'm not wearing it right now. But a whoop strap. I've been I, I during during our lockdown here, I, I bought one of these and I track my sleep. I track my light sleep, my REM sleep, my deep sleep. Every day. I record my recoveries. I track my everything that I'm doing with my workouts. I track my heart rate variability, my oxygen. It has really helped me understand more of what my body's telling me. More than me saying I have to just keep pushing and pushing and pushing. I know what days I have to cut back, and I know what days I can go all in. And as you get older, you do see that you can't run around like a toddler all the time with no with no break yeah. and all gas or all gas no break. Everyone say it. You need to start listening to your body more. Yes. And t- and listening to what it's telling you, as opposed to I have to be tough and I have to be strong. Because I have to do this job, but yes. I'm gonna break down if I don't listen to what my mind is telling me and what I'm feeling from whatever's bothering me. Back, to true. Whatever, whatever it is, and uh, it really changed me. It changed my life and started really. That's kind of where the chapter in the tactical workbook that I did. I did a chapter in um, the 5255 tactical workbook on fitness. But I didn't put a workout in there. I put a tracker Mm. in there. The tracker Mm. is basically what I record from my whoop strap with little added things here and there. Because I can't tell you how to work out. I don't know. I never met you. Even though I'm a certified personal trainer. You work out how you want to work out. But here's a guy that's going to keep you on track. Are you working out today? Are you drinking enough water? Are you getting enough sleep? And I put that on the top. How much, what time do you go to sleep and what time do you wake up? Because it's very important. I know if I wake up in the middle of the night, my my phone will alert me because the whoop noticed I broke my sleep. And I'm very cognizant of that. And when I wake up full in the morning, I'm like, oh, okay. I'm not recovered. And I don't feel recovered. Because I woke up two, three times. I was up an hour, maybe. So... Understanding these things and hacking into the science behind how your body works. Like you said, you get a duration out of your, your career. Is It's not like you hit that 20-30 mark and you're crawling to the finish line. You're Me able to... say, I can get through it. Not unscathed, but I can get through it a lot easier than I would if I was sitting here trying to push the limits on no sleep. Exactly. Caffeine drinks. God knows what else. Because you know the caffeine drinks don't work. I, I drink Jocko Discipline, but I drink it once an hour and it has the tropics in it. Um, But I don't drink them late. I don't drink anything. I try to drink anything past, like I said, 3 o'clock, 2 o'clock, mm-hmm. if I need it. Yeah. But
1: yeah, I'm, and I'm you know, constant. it's really cool that... With modern advances and research, we're seeing we are not powerless, right? We aren't we aren't helpless. Like we actually have the ability to take these tools, and some of them are more widely known than others. We have the ability to take them and to make huge shifts in our lives. And uh, we have an obligation now to our families to do that. And, for career longevity. And, you know, I was, it was really amazing to me when I first got in. Uh, we were on the 2448 schedule. And I just looked around and I was like, how do you how have people been doing this for 30 years? And without fail, I would either get the response that it's a grind or oh, we're just miserable. And I'm like, What well, how do we we're just accepting that we're miserable all the time? Heck no. So, so in some ways the necessity is what created change and innovation right and being able to bring these tools to the forefront people don't have to be miserable they don't have to be exhausted all the time they just need they just need someone to show them that this actually is in your power and there's so much in your power to be able to do to live Healthfully and to maximize your sleep, even when you're not, when you don't have a lot of time in bed, your sleep can be more efficient. And, uh, you know, I've had nights at work where we got three and a half hours of, of sleep in bed on my aura ring, and two hours of those were deep sleep that's that is not normal <laughs> you know like that's that's pretty dang amazing um a client of mine in LA city the other day sent me a message from his whoop strap and um he was getting 20 minutes of rem when he was at work uh 3 months ago and his latest victory was 2 hours of rem on shift so the science is out there it's real it is possible for everyone with a little bit of intentionality and tenacity um you can you can feel amazing and that's that's just that it, the the investment that you make in your health is always uh you know a hundredfold and it affects your family it affects you it affects your job so it's worth it it's worth it
0: that's what i say all the time i say it's If you're not doing it for yourself, do it for your family. Do it for people you go home to. Because we brought it up. We started with routine. We started with kids in the beginning of this whole podcast. And they are creatures of listening not listening to what we do, what we say, but watching what we do and how we take care of ourselves. And I've said that numerous times on this podcast. But if they see we have a routine in taking care of ourselves, our whole self, our body and our mind. yes. They're going to emulate that routine. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing me and my wife try to do. We try to make sure that what we say is what we do. And what we're showing them is the same thing. You know, when my son sees me working out, he comes in and tries to, you know, tries to do his little, little workouts he does at yeah. school <laughs> and whatnot. But he asks why I do it. And I say, for you. I want to be mm-hmm. able to roll around and play with you and whenever you want to go out and throw the ball. And why do I got to go to sleep now? It's it's it, the sun's out. Well, the sun's out now because daylight savings. You don't understand that yet. But you're going to sleep now because you need to have your rest for a day tomorrow. You have a whole day worth of activities. You need to have that rest so you're ready to go every single day you're there. And you could take breaks in between, your, between whatever you're doing. You're going to take your breaks. But if you don't get your sleep, you're going to get sick. Yes. And we see how chronic... Like, Diabetes, high blood pressure, heart attacks, mm-hmm. cancers—the list goes on. Dementia, Alzheimer's—all it's all linked. It's all linked to oh, recovery all sleep. Of it. And you know, you gotta take care of your sleep before you can take care of any other thing, anything else. To be honest, and that's why I believe it's—that's why I want to have you on. That's why I want to have that that discussion today to talk about this because we could sit here and write it and put it down, but when people hear hear it, you know, I've been getting a lot of a lot of feedback. And people are telling me that these podcasts—they like what we're saying—and I'm like, we got to do sleep. We have to because that is something that firefighters complain about. And as you know, firefighters don't like change and they don't like the status quo. But like you hit it on before, adapt. Yes. We have to adapt. You and, have to adapt. You know. So I think we hit a lot in 40 minutes here. We we covered a lot of stuff. Yeah, that, we did. We can go on for over an hour with this, but Easy. you broke it down <laughs> so well. I don't want to beat a dead horse and kill the episode because you yeah. covered it perp- perfectly. I'm gonna say purposefully, Perf- purposefully
1: too. too.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we covered it, you covered it so well and so broken out in layman's terms that anybody can pick this up, take notes, and implement it into their own life. Yeah,
1: that's probably one thing I would just, I want, I would want to leave people with is um, at the end of the day, there's, there's always hope. Your sleep can get better. Um, The number of people that I've talked to who said they've tried everything and yet they haven't heard of the things that I work with my clients. um, It's because there's every day there's new new things coming out right like we haven't tried everything and so um it's possible no matter how you feel right now with the resources that you've had there's always going to be the opportunity to discover that missing piece and so don't don't give up like research make it your mission to if sleep is what you need if recovery is what you need um go after it because you will find it. You'll find it, but just don't, don't give up.
0: Absolutely. Those are the key words. Don't give up. Just just keep doing it. We're, we are our own science project. Mm-hmm. And the older we get, the more we learn about ourselves and learn what works and what doesn't work. And things that worked for me two years ago might not work for me today. You know, so yeah. things that worked 10 years ago don't work for me anymore. The type of workouts I do. I have to change it up as I get older. I have to take care of myself in a different way than I did back mm-hmm. when I was in playing baseball and doing some martial arts and running around like a, like a teenager, but you know, as you grow, you have to adapt. So yeah. last thing I want to say is thank you for coming on. And if people want to reach out, I'm going to put it in the show notes, but where can they find you? Where can they reach out to you? If they want any advice, want to learn. More it's you it's
1: absolutely folks. my pleasure, uh, Nick, to be here. I'm just I love preaching this gospel. Uh, uh people can follow my Instagram. You can put it in the show notes. Um, I'm biohacked firefighter. Uh, I, my account. I try to put content up that like is really simple but gives people real strong visuals of what they can do or utilize to make their lives on shift better the techniques. Um tips and tricks. So even someone who is maybe into biohacking can learn something. And also someone who's never heard of any of these things can also learn something too. Um, I also, in the fall, I'm going to put on retreats. So I've, I've had a retreat that basically you learn sleep methods endorsed by the DOD. You come and you get an escape and you actually get to practice techniques that bring down your vagus nerve and or activate your vagus nerve, bring down your stress response, um, have good food and just completely reset. So that's ahead in the fall. Um, I feel like I want to give people the opportunity to have an integrative experience so they can really feel what it is like to implement these things versus it just being a concept and an idea. Uh, people can send me messages on Instagram. Uh, my email is biohackedfirefighter at Gmail. So uh, I'm so happy to be a resource for people because we're all in this together. And, you know, that fire fam, it's, it's real. We are here for each other. And um, it's such a Privilege and an honor to be able to speak to firefighters because I just have mad respect for
0: what they do every day. What we do every day. <laughs> say, wait a minute now. You're part, of this. you're part of this. But it's it's. I'm really happy to have you on. Glad you came in. Glad you finally got to connect and do this because this was um a lot of information in a short period of time. But it's very valuable that that this message gets out there. People know what you're doing, but people also know. What the purpose is in life, and how to how to get yes. to overcome if they're struggling. So yes. again, thank you, thank you for coming on. Always welcome back to talk more, whatever you want to do. And, uh,
1: <laughs> thank you, Nick. I, Thanks I, for all you do too. Yeah, Got to keep keep spreading the word far and wide.
0: Absolutely. Like, so I think that's it. I think we'll wrap it up. So thank you again, thank you for coming on. And like we say at the Five Tool Firefighter and at the Firehouse Tribune. Until next time, work hard, stay safe, and live Spark. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of the 5 Tool Firefighter Podcast. If you like what you heard and you want to hear more, please subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, please leave us a rating. And don't forget to pick up the book, The 5 Tool Firefighter, available on Amazon at thefirehousetribune.com. Until next time, work hard, stay safe, and live inspired.